welcome to the fourth official soccer podcast. My name is Bori Olodemi, and I'm joined by my co-host Sulaiman Lassisi. Sulaiman, what a very sad weekend. Uh, you know, we, you know, this is it, it's basketball, and you know, we're talking about basketball here, but uh, it still kind of relates to uh, football and, or soccer. Um, Kobe Bryant uh, died in a helicopter crash. Uh, very sad. This is a uh i don't even know like i usually hear about a lot of celebrities death and this one really hit me i think this was the one that really hit me and i've never felt this way about somebody that i've never met before um i think part of it is because um i remember i think what four years ago um i was watching a video of him in milan um and i didn't realize this whole story about him uh living in in italy when he was young and he said he was a milan fan since he's been a milan fan since he was a child and he spoke fluent italian i think that's when i really fell in love with him um but it's just really sad to hear and especially with all the other people that also were in the crash uh it's just really sad to hear yeah bury i i share the same sentiments and emotions as you i am still in shock after hearing that news, I just, I was glued to ESPN all day yesterday and just hoping that maybe we'll get some reassuring or positive news. But it's really, really just sad. I I followed him as a basketball player and he was complete class. Like Kobe was a true professional, a family man. And it's just still hard to process. I'm still in a phase where I'm hoping for the best. I don't I don't know if I make sense, but that's that's how I feel. Yes, quite understandable. Uh but uh yeah, like you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the family of the the Kobe Bryant family and also the family of all that were on board. Uh you know, everyone we hope everyone rests in peace. Well, let's move on to uh regular business. Uh the EPL is off this weekend. Um, how do you feel? Are you are you in a withdrawal kind of state right now? Yeah, that's true because this weekend it took me a while to actually just even tune on to soccer to watch games going on because once the EPL was off, it was just like a off weekend for me. But I watched a few a few good games in different leagues and also just followed the fourth round of the FA Cup. But it was business as usual, you know, the Premier League teams winning and Manchester United actually putting sixth past Tranmere Rovers in the fashion in which they did it was what I liked, that no no two goals were scored by one player. So you had defenders scoring and it just felt good to see them be able to destroy a team, no matter how small the team is, but be able to destroy that team. I thought that was good on their part. But before we move on and talk about other leagues, I quickly want to talk about my spot kick for this week. And it's a very simple question to you, Bori. Erling Haaland, the Norwegian wonder boy that applies his trade in Dortmund nowadays. Who does he remind you of? I'm not asking for a comparison because it's too early, but who does he remind you of? Well, I mean, are you talking about uh, the way he scores goals or just because he reminds me exactly of Piontek last season, um, who was just scoring like crazy. Uh, I can't think in terms of style of play. 
maybe maybe Thierry Henry, uh, just because a lot of the chances that Henry had, he he would most likely score. I, I mean, I don't know what the stat is, but at least it seemed like he always scored all his chances. Uh, but um, oh, you know what? Actually, a very a better maybe a better comparison is um, Inzaghi actually, because I remember um, one of the goals that. Um, Haaland scored this past weekend was, um, I don't even know how we knew that the keeper was going to spill the, the shot. Um, he just knew to be there, and that that's what Inzaghi did, and that's what Inzaghi was known for, just being in the right places at the right time and scoring one-on-ones. So, um, I would say more like Inzaghi, actually, just to yeah, I think that's the only play I can think of right now. I think Inzaghi that you mentioned is the most fitting when I think of who I had in mind. But particularly what you mentioned is just his positioning, the poacher's instinct, just being at the place where you can convert, just expecting a, a flop from the goalie. And for me, it reminds me of Ruud van Nistelrooy, actually. But again, same instinct is what I was actually thinking about. Just, But maybe more in stature with Ruud van Nistelrooy because he's like a little more lanky and just uses his head just as well, but spot on, just a poacher. He's there yeah. at the right time and gets those. Yeah, but can we talk about Liverpool real quick? I mean, they played Shrewsbury Town, and what 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 is going on? This is we've seen this before, haven't we? Yeah, but but this is this is just a second string team. This is not I wouldn't this is not like I wouldn't push the panic button really. I mean sure, it's sure. a second string team. I, I I, I'm not even talking about like I understand, but they don't seem to be taking this seriously. I mean, they've won the Champions, they've won not the Champions League, the the EPL. I mean, in my mind, they've won the EPL, um, but I just don't understand how they are fielding uh, a second string team against. I mean, this is the FA Cup for Christ's sake. Like this is this is a cup that that they could win. Interesting. I actually like Klopp's attitude towards this because remember how when they were in was it Qatar? he fielded another second or even third string team while they were out in Qatar to play in the Carling Cup and they lost out. And I think this is a continuation of that same trend. For me, it just tells me it is EPL or nothing. And I mean, if I'm a Liverpool fan, given the 30 years that they've been out in the wilderness looking in, I think nothing would matter to them than the Premier League. I don't want to risk having someone like money injured in this game you know what i'm saying so for me i wouldn't worry too much about it speaking about money he seems to be out for six weeks uh do you think this is a blow for them definitely a blow i mean i think he's the highest goal scorer in the premier league and he does want to score goals for that team you he's... mean for liverpool highest goal scorer for liverpool exactly sorry i didn't i didn't he didn't overtake vadi overnight i was just <laughs> talking about him being Liverpool's eyes go scar. So, yeah, it's a big blow and it's going to be hard to feel. I think Divock Origi has done well in coming in at these times and doing well. So, hopefully, he can continue that trend. So, moving on, I want to talk about the Bundesliga and I'm excited about this league. Bori, it is as competitive as you can get. And we just finished talking about the Premier League, where there's no competition whatsoever in that league. But in the Bully, the top four teams have a difference. Like, the difference between the first place team and the fourth place team is four points. And we just finished game week 19. We have 15 more games to go. And at this point, 
I think it's going to be a marathon, a hurdle even, down the wire. And this this past game week, of course, the usual suspects, Bayern also winning in very controlling and commanding fashion. Five different players scoring the five-goal trashing of Schalke. And Dortmund, we just talked about Holland, getting in the groove, getting two more goals as a substitute. And I wonder how long they're going to keep him out before he starts starting. What Do you have any thoughts on this? Two I, big giants. I thought you were going to make fun of me at first uh, because it looks like what you said about Bayern uh, coming back and just overtaking the whole thing uh, is coming to fruition. Um, so yeah, I think you may you may be you may be becoming right. Uh, I think uh, with the Champions League coming soon, and uh, I'm not saying I don't know what the priorities for Bayern is. To be honest, I don't think they expect to win the Champions League, or maybe they do. Uh, who knows? But um, I, I would think they they are probably favoring uh, you know going very far in the in the UCL, which may come back and uh, and hunt them, um, especially because you know you have three more teams trying to to get that first spot right now. Um, so it you know like yeah, it, it does seem like Bayern is about to be, come back and just overtake everything. Um, but I want to I want to point out something, and, and again, you know, this is just what a one-off thing, and it's in the Leipzig game. Um, I didn't I didn't I kind of was watching the, the game in the background. I didn't really follow it, but then I saw a few chances that Verna, um, you know, missed, and it just reminded me of the times I remember. It just always seems like anytime I watch Verna, it, he's always playing very bad. And maybe it's just a bad, the bad omen I'm giving him. But like, there's some chances that I feel like he should have put at least on target, or you know, like just wayward shots that he took. And it's just surprising that that's somebody that is the highest goal scorer currently in the Bundesliga. Um, so I, I'm just confused, and may, maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this. I think it's a one-off, like he said. I, From my perspective of that game, I felt like the team's whole decisioning was bad. They were taking speculative shots, and it just didn't look like they were... They had a plan of breaking through the Frankfurt defense. But like I said, he made some bad decisions as well. So I, for me, I would say it's a, it's a one-off thing. And sometimes when you get used to winning too often, that's what happens. You take, you take the basics for granted. Yeah, and, and sorry, to, just a quick correction. Um, uh, Lewandowski is actually the highest goal scorer in the Bundesliga. I think he overtook him this past weekend. Um, but um, well, that's good to see that. You know, I'm happy to see uh, Haaland scoring again, two goals. Come on, like, is this like this is crazy, right? I'm actually thinking about all the teams that passed on this prolific goal scorer. I come season end, I want to see how many. Probably you would have, let's say, at this projection, I would say like 10, 15 goals. And there are teams in England, I'm not going to mention names, but there are teams in England that could go two, three points with just having 10 extra goals for them. So I'm going to leave it at that. But before I move on, your favorite, Gladbach, did very good this weekend. And yep. they're back in the running. So They're back. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they're back for good because I think the last game, well, which was the first game they played, uh, after the break, uh, they kind of was just their mind was not in the game, uh, but I think they've woken up again and maybe we'll see some uh, some more wins this week. Uh, you know, in the for the rest of the 15 games. I would be tuning in and watching and hoping that this goes till the end of the season. 
Yes, it is time for some La Liga. Um, and I'm excited to bash Barcelona and, and just because we heard the news every time before they sacked Valverde, everyone wanted, everyone wanted Valverde out. But if you look at the way they've been playing um, and just the... Like, it seems like they are going after just keeping more possession, which is the Barcelona style, which is fine. But they don't seem to want to score. And, and Messi looks off. It just everything just looks off. Like, I I really don't get this team. And, again, not I don't want to speak too soon. I'm not saying that Kike Setien is the wrong choice or, or they made a mistake. Maybe he hasn't really passed his philosophy through. Um, I don't really know what his philosophy is, if other than he's a tiki-taka kind of possession-based kind of coach, um, and, and they're doing so right now. But I just don't understand. And now it, it makes, I think, it makes me realize that maybe the coach wasn't the problem. Maybe they need a left midfielder or they need a left winger. And that's what really that they're missing. I, I don't even think a center forward is what they're missing. Um, I, is the coach a problem? Is, is the player's problem? Personally, I mean, there's problem with the personnel, but I wouldn't really say they need somebody. I mean, they just spent 200 million, whatever, on Griezmann. Like, if you're going to spend that much money on a player, you better be convinced that you need him. So, like, who else do you need and where do you need that person? I don't know. So, I look at their bench, okay? And they are absolutely in shambles right now. I, I, I just don't understand how they're able to spend... 200 or however how much on the player and not realize they need backup and it's not i don't think a lot of them are out injured they just don't have the choice i mean oh yes we have suarez injured we have dembele injured but like i mean come on it they look so thin right now it's it's actually ridiculous also i mean griezmann he has had his flashes he has had the games where he actually I remember you pointing out one game where he was a spark, got a brace. Great. But also, Frankie de Jong, I, I haven't seen a lot of him or heard a lot of him as well. And he was big money spent. And also, kind of like a strategic buy because they like sealed the deal before anyone even got a chance to even talk to him. So those are things where I feel like in terms of personnel, is this just a personnel mismatch or like are we looking for backups for these players who i feel like haven't actually proven themselves in any sense uh it's very i i really don't know and and the one thing that really also surprises me is if you see the way messi is moving around he actually doesn't even look like he's happy like it seems like he like you know there's suddenly like he's realized oh wait you know like this this doesn't look good. Maybe I I don't think he will leave, but it just feels like he doesn't want to be there anymore. Just the way he's carrying his body language and just look at him walking around the field doesn't look like he wants to be there anymore. And this is a problem. If they if they if somehow Messi re- realizes that he needs to leave and he he's gone, that is I to me that would be the end of Barcelona. Um, unless it's, they're willing to spend a ton of money to bring back uh, Neymar, uh, I don't see that happening. But it's it it's very disgusting to see. Um, Real Madrid back in winning ways. Uh, they beat Valladolid away, um, and now they're on top of La Liga. And we have a uh, you know a race between the top two teams, obviously. But um, the one big surprise though is Atletico Madrid. Uh, they tied this weekend, and now they're going down the table. Uh, do you think this is the end of them? Well, there's no end in sight because like. 
it's, it's still a very, very long season, but they're struggling. That's not a good sign. And I would say the same thing I said about Frankie DeJong earlier is all that money is spent on Joao Felix. It, it's looking like a, a high gamble. And I know you were right, because like, you actually called this at the beginning of the season. And I was trying to justify why it's a gamble worth taking, but it's, it's not looking like what they expected it to be. So I don't know where the hell is going to come from, but they're obviously struggling. Honestly, uh, I, I I do love the coach very much. Um, I actually would love him to come coach AC Milan, but I I think they need to let him go. I, they've ha- they've held on to him for so long. Uh, Simeon Simeone needs to, to I think he needs to. They need a new philosophy. Um, you know, Atletico. We know Atletico as the team that's always like fighting to his death, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, they just need a new philosophy. I think that's really that's really what's going to really help them. Because come on, you have Avaro Morata, you have Diego Costa. Like you, these are players that should be doing well on a normal day. Uh, maybe not Morata, but but Costa should be doing very well on a normal day. And, and it's just shocking to see. I, and I think maybe they need a, a a change in the in the coaching personnel. And I think they need new philosophy. I think that really really helped them out. And um, I. They have what the Champions League against Liverpool. Even though I think this Liverpool is shaky, I don't I don't see how they're gonna get past Liverpool. I agree with you. I you're right about Morata not being high up there, but having Diego Costa on the team, I mean, for me, I think that guarantees you easy wins. But it's not looking like it, and a change of scenery. It's good for the coach and also good for the club because. Two, three years ago, Simeone was sought after by a lot of teams. And at this moment, I don't think that's even the case because there's been some years of mediocrity and teams are, I don't know, teams are looking in other directions. So for him to get that spark going on in his career, it might be a good time to switch. I mean, come end of the season, of course, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, we have Sevilla and Getafe, you know, climbing up. And maybe this is... Well, you know, maybe this year we'll see Hetafe or, or maybe Real Sociedad actually uh, uh, go to the Champions League. Uh, that's That would be left to see. But, hey, let's switch to my favorite league, the Serie A. Um, absolute, absolute scenes this past weekend. Lovely uh, games. Um, and you have a resurgent Napoli uh, beating the almighty Juventus. And that game was so surprising. I could not believe my eyes when I saw the final scoreline. Um, and this has, uh, you know, made the competition even better because now the three, the top three teams are like a few points away from each other, um, except maybe Juve and, and Inter have three points between each other. But uh, I think I believe Inter Milan and and Lazio uh, are very like basically neck and neck. Uh, with each other so it's good to see this competition but I want to first of all talk about the Napoli beating Juventus we have Maurizio Sarri going back home well to his original home in Napoli obviously and losing 2-1 and this came about because well I think part of it is also because after Napoli lost last weekend or they drew last weekend um, they not last weekend but the weekend before this this past weekend um, they basically went to uh, a retiro, which is a retreat where they basically play and play and stay in the, in the training center for, for, for days. 
and it seemed to work. And, and this is something that is alarming to for Juventus because if they're losing to a team like Napoli, then uh, I I think and I I believe their their hopes this season is the Champions League. I don't see how that's going to happen. I mean, at the beginning of the season, Napoli Juve would be a game that you would think that would go to the wire. And it, would, it wouldn't be unthinkable to expect Napoli to win. But over the course of this season, Napoli has struggled. So which makes it more enjoyable for the fans of Napoli for them to get this win over almighty Juventus. I like it, especially given the fact that they're getting this win over Maurizio Sarri makes it even better. But in all honesty, this is the one time or the one season in recent years where Inter Milan can beat Juventus. Napoli can beat Juventus. Lazio can beat Juventus. So as, as a league, the top four is competition heavy, and that's good. Yeah. I, again, this is just the UVA we're not used to. I mean, the, the what, the past nine years or eight years, they've been winning the Scudetto. So it's very surprising to see. And to give you just a reference of how bad Napoli has been this season, Milan are four points above Napoli. That's how bad they are um, this season. And somehow they were able to beat Juventus. But hey, that's why we love this game, because anything can happen. Uh, let's switch to Inter Milan. There are many things I want to talk about. Um, first of all, it's the third straight draw. It seems like they're losing the plot. But then we look at the transfer market and, and read the transfer news. We see like we see players coming in. We see Christian Eriksen coming in. Young even played last weekend and actually assisted the goal, uh, the goal that Lataro Martinez scored. And then Victor Moses also uh, signed for Inter Milan. Um, I don't believe Christian Eriksen has been confirmed yet, but I'm pretty sure it's it's going to happen because you know he's in Italy already and he's about to take his medical and, and sign. Uh, but I mean, do, what, what is going on here? So they're they're drawing, they're buying players. Do you think they're trying to amend for the for the league or the Europa League? Like I don't understand what the plot is here. Good question, and I. In other leagues, other coaches, I would be concerned. Like Pep drawing three games in a row, I would be like, the plot has gone wrong. Klopp drawing three games in a row, I'd be like, something's not right. But this is Antonio Conte. He's a tactician to the very core of this game. And him drawing three games in a row, for me, I believe it's saying that they're building blocks that will lead to some fruition. And I went back and looked at all those games. They were 1-1 ties. So if anything, you mentioned that he's getting... Who, who, who are his hands? He's signing wing-backs, which I, I believe are the, the catalyst that he needs to put a team together. Remember, it's Juventus team and it's Chelsea teams. Sure. They operated off the flanks. So for me, yeah, yeah there, there are struggles, but it's growing pains when you're trying to change and adapt players to it particular system and for Conte I just think a draw is better than a loss because he's trying to perfect his strategy I would be worried in terms of the context of the league title and how Juve is gradually pulling away but for this team as a whole and what they can do I think the strategy is going to work long term We'll see what happens. I think Conte is, so, is too by the book, and it, I feel like it gives the players not much uh, uh, freedom. But, hey, you know, we'll see what happens. I still think Juve is going to win this. Um, and uh, finally, I want to talk about this one team that just keeps breaking all records. 
Um, they've currently scored 19 goals in the last five games. Uh, incredible team, Atalanta. Uh, uh, they they beat Torino 7-0, and they were away. Atalanta was away. They went to Turin to play and still came away with seven goals and no goals conceded. It is just absolutely unbelievable. And I can't simply wait for the Champions League to get back in and see what they do in the Champions League. I'm not saying that they're going to win or they're going to go far or anything. I just want to see how they play against other top teams in Europe. Do you have any hope that this team can go far in the Champions League? This is the second week in a row that you're throwing that question at me. And I would say, like I said last week, they do have a chance of just fighting off competition and going as far as they can. But it's not going to be an easy route. So they better, they better just be ready. I also wanted to say the fact that I see other leagues through the lens of the Premier League makes me or reminds me of the Leicester City 9-0 trashing at St. Mary's Stadium of Southampton. I think this is the closest the Serie A has had the season of an away win. Would you agree? Oh, of course. I mean, you don't even see this huge scoreline normally in the in in, in the Serie A, if not even with Juve or Inter Milan. You see this only this season. They've had like three or or two games with five zero, and this game with seven zero. They beat Udinese earlier this season seven one. It's just incredible how how many goals they can score and. And I mean, again, the Champions League, like you said, I don't know if it was on the on the podcast or, or personally. Um, it's just who can outscore who, and and it may just be the case where they just outscore the opponents, even if it's a big team. Um, but they are gelling so well; it's really awesome to see. And um, I, I wonder if 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 they'd go very far in the Champions League this season, even as far as maybe the, the semifinals. Um, I believe that. Atlanta will be a club that will make a lot of money in terms of all the sell that they will be, or all the all the sale that will go on uh, of all their players. Definitely, I am all for the underdog. Like on my on any given day, I support the underdog. I just know it's an arduous task, a great challenge. Cool, and that takes us to the random fact segment of the episode. What do you have for us this week? Whoa, uh, I think this week uh, you may know this random fact uh, because it's very close to, well, we talked about Victor Moses uh, going to Inter Milan and signing for Inter Milan. Uh, but this, this uh wanted to, to mention, and I'm sure you probably know this, but this is for our viewers, more for our viewers out there. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a story that maybe not a lot of people know, but Victor Moses grew up in Nigeria um, at 11, uh, his parents died. Uh, he they were killed. So he seek, he sought asylum in the United Kingdom, and then uh, he he played for England in the youth level, and then surprisingly uh, decided to still go with Nigeria as his senior team. Of course, he's already retired now, but it's just crazy to see that. Um, you know, you would think like he would choose England over Nigeria, but he ended up uh, going with uh, with uh, Nigeria. That actually is a very interesting story in the sense that patriotism is not dead in this age. And just thinking about my perspective, because I am of the complete opposite perspective, but I respect that decision and he won a lot of things for Nigeria as well doing it. He was very committed to the Super Eagles cause. So 
definitely, definitely impressive decision by Victor Moses. Yes, yes. Happy to to hear that he's doing well. Um, and I believe that's all we have this week for you. Uh, thanks for listening to the fourth official soccer podcast. Our listeners, thank you for listening. Again, this episode, very, very touching. Keep up your Mamba mentality, no matter where you apply it to. And always reach out to us on Twitter, Fourth Official SP, or also on Gmail, Fourth Official Soccer Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to, happy to engage you. And with that, we'll see you next week. Thank you and bye bye.